Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and Metatopia 2018. Episode 226, Latinx Design, presented by Brandon Leon Gambetta, Miguel Angel Espinosa, Mark Diaz Troman, Alejandro Guzman Ventrell, and Jennifer Gutterman. Oh, all right. Hello, welcome to the Latinx panel. <laughs> that maybe undercuts our points and we should be taken seriously. <laughs> we demand to be taken seriously. Please, please be nice to us. <laughs> <sighs> you know they are recording already, right? <laughs> hey, um, when you edit that, please take out all the mouse voice stuff. <laughs> Thanks. I can, I can see the wave file from yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Okay. If I just kind of talk loud, it probably doesn't pick up nicely on that, though. Do I need... We should probably... I can hear you. No, I can hear you. We, okay. okay. I, I was projecting in my panel. Oh, okay. They well, did. This is a universal... This the is the an omni-mic. Yeah, the snowball should catch everything. Yeah. If we use the microphone, we can also talk kind of smooth. Are we going to have some jazz now? <laughs> Coming up next, 20 minutes of smooth jazz. Next panel, they start with an uh, abnormally large amount of trash talk. <laughs> what time? It's 5.02. I rushed for my other panel. Yeah. Are there... Do we start? I don't know how this stuff works. We can wait a minute or two. Okay. They gave us such a big room. Yeah. It's a way to reach room for the five of us. We'll just we'll just pull this chair, this table back, and y'all can hop up here on the stage too. Yeah, just kind of looking in the middle. I think it's a rectangle. Yes, rectangle. We can make it a round table. <laughs> okay. I think I'm only getting more nervous by not yeah, yeah, starting. I think I just got to start or else yeah. I'm going to die. Hi, I do a podcast. I'm not nervous then. There's no one in the room with you, is there? Uh, no, there's no one in the room with me then. Maybe there's just no one in the room with me now. Hi, uh, welcome to the Latinx Design Panel. I'm Brandon Leon Gambetta, and I guess I'm kind of moderating a little bit. Um, and we have an amazing panel of people up here. I'm going to... Give the mic to everybody else to de- to describe themselves because I feel like we can do that on our own. Uh, we've all gotten very used to it, I think. Uh, so I'm Brandon. I use he/him pronouns, and I'm from Peru. And my game is uh, Pasión de las Pasiones, which is a telenovela game that uses the Powered by the Apocalypse engine. Give me the mic. Okay. Thank God. I'm gonna get this over with. Because <laughs> you're like, who is this person who does not look like I belong? So my name is Jennifer Gutterman. I am a professor of game design. Um, my mother is Puerto Rican and my dad is a Polish Jew. Hence the last name and the very pale skin. But this is what happens in New York City. Um, 
uh, my game that I'm showing here at Metatopia is Operation Coalition. It is a cooperative game that is uh, set in World War I. It's with the unsung heroes of World War I, women and people of color who were historical figures during that time are working as a coalition. They're from all over the world, facing inter interdimensional monsters in their mechs. Oh, you have your own. Oh, hi. Um, my name is Miguel Angel Espinosa. I'm from Mexico. I'm writing a game named Nawal, which is about shapeshifters that hunt angels and eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my game is based in, in, in some comic books from a Mexican artist named Dark Clement. So that's the universe the game is set on. It's also a Power by the Apocalypse game. And it is on Kickstarter right now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So um, I'm Alastor. I'm from Mexico City. I'm one of the sponsorship winners of this year. I'm making a game called Light and Shadow, which is basically about magic and what you're willing to do to achieve your objectives. You're willing to fall into temptation. And I am using Mexico City as a background because I literally feel that we need a current fantasy game set in Mexico apart from Nahual. So it's coming out this year, so I'm like many games on these lines coming along, which I really like that idea. So I'm here. <laughs> Uh, I'm Mark Dietrich Truman. I'm uh, one of the co-founders of Magpie Games. Um, I've uh, written a number of titles, including Urban Shadows, which uh, sort of got me started on the path of thinking about people of color and my own story and what I wanted to represent. Um, and that really led me to Cartel, which is my newest game that I've been working on and Kickstarter earlier this year. Uh, Cartel is a game of Mexican narco fiction, so it's like Breaking Bad meets The Wire meets Once Upon a Time in Mexico. The, the idea of crime fiction as a, a vehicle for expressing culture at a particular time, a particular place. Uh, I think what's, what's really amazing for me is that when I was working on Cartel at first, I could not think of what a Mexican game or a Latinx game would look like. It's like, I don't even know, and I'm sitting here with multiple answers to that question in just a few years. It's been really exciting for me. Um, and like, we get all like choked up and modeling and emotional about it. But it's like, I would love to be Mark in 1995 and go to the store and be like, what is this game? It's like all Spanish and, and it's just all we have is D&D and none of it was oriented towards us. And so this is a really special panel. I just want to thank Brandon for putting it together because this didn't exist in 2013 when I first came to Metatopia. So it's a big, exciting step forward for me. Yeah, and, and I think that this is uh, kind of an important year to be, am I doing this right? Okay, I feel like this is an important year to be doing this because there have been this kind of progressive growth of Latinx game design in the hobby. Um, when I was starting Pasión de las Pasiones, I could only find one Latinx game that like really felt like a Latinx game that I had any awareness of, which was Cartel. Uh, and I have spent the last two years at Metatopia at the last minute saying, hey, who wants to have dinner or something? And like trying to get a little bit of a group together to talk about things. And uh, we hung out last year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so like this is kind of an opportunity to just sort of talk about what it is to design games from a Latinx perspective, what it is to be uh, gamers from a Latinx perspective. And uh, the 
Latinx explosion of games, I guess. Uh, so kind of the first thing I want to start with, uh, we've got a nice, we've got like a, an intimate group, so we can ask uh, if there's any particular reason that people are here, like things that you would like to, to talk about and get an insight on or anything like that. Someone yeah. got me oh that for God. as a gift, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" So, asking questions about how to grapple with yeah. that. Yeah. So, a big uh, thing in games have always been colonialism, and there's now a lot of talk of changing that that entire dialogue. And Puerto Rico is one of those games. People are like, this is the, this is an awesome game. The game mechanics are great. I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Whoever gave it to me as a birthday gift, you can just go to hell. But get some, get some other uh, get yeah, yeah. questions. Oh yeah, and then we'll then we'll yeah, might talk. That, I felt yeah. I felt yeah. really really no for no, real. I was ready to go <laughs> off. I was ready to go off hard. We might talk about colonialism a bit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back for that one. <laughs> but he said Puerto Rico, the game, and I just had to. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a couple of just hands up? Like, what, why yeah, are you I'm here? Like, what are you looking for? Like, um, well, I am sort of in the beginning stages of planning out a podcast. Cool. Where, uh, we do audio dramas in other people's settings to sort of represent cool. those kinds of adventures. So I want to make sure that I'm representing different cultures, you know, uh, different gender stories, and things like that accurately. Cool. Uh, you know, because I'm a white guy, you know, my, my perspective is very, very narrow. And I want to make sure that that doesn't influence the kind of stories that we end up telling. Awesome. Cool, thank you. Others? Christopher? Me yeah, I'm calling you out. Uh, I'm here because I've been a game designer actually for a, a while now, and, and uh, it's not a. There was never a, a personal drive for me to be like, oh, I'm 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 making Latinx games. Um, but as I continue making games, it's it becomes as I do more and more in the industry, it becomes more and more important that I tell those stories in uh, weird, sneaky uh, ways. Like mm-hmm. the game Spirit Island recently. Where I'm like, I'm doing sneaky things, I'm saying words, don't worry about it. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I'm interested to see what other people's perspectives are and, and, um, and what, what ways the industry is, is going to be changed by people like us. So. Awesome. Cool. So as, like, as a follow-up to that one, it's how to work in either subtly or implicitly or explicitly your cultural heritage and background into mm. games, like either a game that is explicitly about representing your heritage or a game that isn't want to kind of weave that perspective in. Yeah, totally, cool. Yeah. Others? Um, I got, I got, sorry, I can say. Um, I am a white guy in an industry largely predominated by white guys making white guy games, and so I'm trying to break out of that a little bit, or at least try to question some of my assumptions. Awesome, cool. If you want to grab one or two of those questions, then we can... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna talk about colonialism. Start with Spirit Island, and Puerto Rico is a really good conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Do you want to start us out? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, um, briefly, before I start out on that, it's actually been really interesting for me. When I said I would be on this on this panel, I was like, I had to like preface it always because when people look at me, they see other things and they don't see this part of my identity. And um, I will share with you a very quick funny story. I was hired by the state of Connecticut to work at a community college and 
they hired um, 17 of us, 15 were women, well, presented as women and two males. And then, but everyone presented as white. And so they said that everyone was horrified and they, they went around and there was all this backlash and all the deans went to all the new faculty and said, you know, it's okay, you know, we, we hired you because you were the right person for the job, but this has nothing to do with you. And I'm like, does it matter that I'm Puerto Rican? <laughs> and literally an hour later, they put out a notice that oh, we did geez. hire someone. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? So one of the things that have come up in several of the panels that I've been in is that you need to understand that there's more than one story to every one of these things. But let's talk about Spirit Island and Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is, as a game, really upsets me. Um, you know, they have little brown meeples that go in the slave ships. <laughs> That's messed up. I mean, as, yeah. as designers, we have an opportunity to make a statement, and we have an opportunity to educate people without them knowing it. And Spirit Island is a game that I actually talk about in my classes with my students all the time. And no, thank you, because that game is awesome. And I talk about it in the way that it's, it deals with, with the, ex the explorers and the people who are colonizing and how this island turns against them and the natives turn against them and what would have happened if that actually happened. And that is part of this growing dialogue about colonialism as not the accepted, accept, accepted not as the accepted, period. And that we can start talking about different things. We don't have to assume it's always going to be like that. And there was, I have such feelings. Yeah. yeah I mean. So there's, that's, I think what's interesting about the not having one story about, you know, especially Latino. I've almost never met a Latino person who was like, well, I am definitely Latino. Almost all Latino people, that like Latinx people I've met have, have prefaced it, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, well, yeah, but, 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 and it's like, well, our identity is fundamentally already a colonized, mixed, messy identity. So of course it just gets messier right as we go forward. Um, and so what's interesting about a discussion of colonialism with Latinx people is that on one hand we reject it, we, we, we imagine a past without it, and I worked on a book for John Lowe Presents called The New World, which was designed to get white people to look at it. Oh, the new world, yeah, yeah, cool. It's so but cool. actually, it's like yeah. totally reversed. Like, it, like everything about the land is centered on those people. And for me, it's my Wakanda. It's like totally, this is the indigenous part of me, right? But then cartel is the opposite. It's the fully colonized, trapped in economic systems of despair next to the United States, caught in a globalized drug war, murdered by our own people, and like both of those perspectives, Wakanda and the wire, are like my poles of being caught between these two things. So what I would say to answer your question, how do I weave in my stuff? It's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's hard. It's gonna take you a long time. Um, but I wanna be clear that I don't think it's our job and not white people's job. So my co-owner of Magpie is working on a game that's about Ireland, and guess what? He's having to do his work the same as me with his history and his heritage and finding out that it's actually more complicated than he originally conceived of it as. And so I think white people often give themselves a pass. They're like, you all have really wonderful history of food and I would like to have some of it and like not think about my role in either producing the system or ignoring my own culture and heritage. 
we're ahead in some ways of that work, and we challenge white people to do that work and to ask, why did you make this game with the brown people? What is slaveship? What stories were you telling about yourselves that you needed this game? Uh, and not just be mad about it, but to actually ask them to look at it. And when they say, well, it doesn't really say anything. You look at but you show it's brown people. Right? <laughs> so that's where I was like, this colonialism is such a dense and complex topic because it's part of who we are and makes us what we are. But then we also are trying to drive it off. Yeah. yeah. yeah and for, well, in my case, when I was when I started in like World of Darkness like a few years ago, well, in 25, so the original supplements were like really difficult to get. I eventually managed to track down the Mexico City by next supplement of World of Darkness. I was playing games, yeah. And I was like, really excited to see how they portray my city to play. And yeah, it was awful, to put it bluntly. And actually motivated, okay, why is there like no options if I wanted to run this? You, they have like the name of the places and everything is like completely wrong. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question about women, it's also how you feel about how you know your thing. For example, I'm from Mexico City, so I know any all the, all the places. And I know, okay, I can work on this. I can make a supplement for this that actually works. And that it's like local, not just like a Wikipedia article. <laughs> weekly read and yeah, this name sounds like, I would just put this vampire here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, also when you you don't need like following the example of Nahuatl, for example, you need to follow like the whole line of Dr. Hugo, full pre-Hispanic, for example, because Latin America has like, yes, we have like colonialism, but it's like very different from American, my perspective, mm-hmm. because while the English just came and exterminated and put in camps, uh, the Spanish has like a different perspective and just like intermixed. Mm-hmm. So our own cultural perspective of colonialism is like, a little different in that regard because more Latin America is a multiple of these two different cultures and their own traditions. For example, Day of the Dead has some of the things from pre-Hispanic people and some of the things from mm-hmm. the Spanish people. And we celebrate it because we are a mixture of these parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I wanted like, to piggyback on that. and I. I mean, for example, my game, it, it is in modern Mexico. Yeah, the introduction talks about how when the conquistadors came, they brought their angels with them, and there is like a mirroring between Cortes and uh, San, San Michael the Archangel. So, and, and that's kind of like the background, the, the, the past. But the, the game is in the present, and, and, and characters are like, uh, they, they are descendants of those the and the, the person that were here when when those angels came like the response was these shamans that had this Nawal power and they has the ability they had the ability to like to fight back and all that but then the characters in the present don't have that background anymore they were like wrote from there from from that background and it's it's like like uh, Alastair was saying about how it is a mixture of we are at the same time pre-Hispanic and Spanish, and at the same time we are not pre-Hispanic and not Spanish. Like we are, <laughs> we're in a weird middle of it. Yes, and yeah. and, and that mm, like the game is more about that. And I actually had some like like comments over like why I'm like taking the pre-Hispanic or indigenous thing and like appropriating it like I, but <laughs> I'm from here you know I, I, I'm from Mexico to begin with but then my, you. Yeah, <laughs> but then my game is not about indigenous people mm-hmm. 
Like, because the indigenous people had their knowledge about the Nawal power and they know how to use it perfectly and all that. And my characters in my game, yeah, they inherit that power, but they don't know how to use it properly and that causes them a lot of trouble and a lot, a lot of problems. And it's kind of like a metaphor of how the problems that we also have as, as a culture that comes from this clash that didn't went out very well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, we've, we've talked a little bit about a couple of the older games that had the, like, Puerto Rico is not a new game. Uh, and World of Darkness, Mexico City, is not a new supplement. But uh, there, in the past year, has been, like, oh. a game that came, I'm not going to name names, I'm not sipping tea here, a game that came out from a Spanish publisher that was about the colonialism of the Americas. And uh, Mark and I have argued a lot about it. Yeah. Uh, I, and so, like, I don't want to get too deep into that. But like, and I am your side on that one. Yeah. 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 So we can, we can team up against him. <laughs> and, uh, never mind. We are going to discuss this because <laughs> it's two against one. Um, but like, like you do like that game? Uh, it's yeah, two against two. Where do you stand? Which game is this? Uh, so, yeah. so, I don't think it's that game. Dragons America. Yeah, Drunker, Dragons Conquer America. Yeah. So it presents the Spanish and indigenous people as, I don't know, narrative, narratively equal, right? In yeah. terms of like, you play both sides. Yeah. There's this mechanic about tolerance, about how these people can work together. We can together. be such good friends with these white people. We can be good friends with them. With these conquerors, yeah. There are dragons on both sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but so why the game is called but Dragons Conquer America? Yeah. 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 And only... <laughs> Okay, I'm on their side. Yeah, only the indigenous people. One point to our team. Yes. <laughs> uh, and like, but only the indigenous people get to be like stereotypes. So, uh, <laughs> so, so my, it's complicated though, even with the cat. My argument for it, and then I'll let you know before I say it, we might not be on the same side. Did we just get a point? About anything, so that's a, this, is a good, this is a good Latinx conversation. <laughs> um, what I what I would say is obviously it's not the game I would have done. Uh, you can tell that because New World is the game I would have done, and I did it, and that's over there, and it's very different. But one of the things we couldn't do in New World was give the native people of, like, say, the Aztec region really individuality. The, the methods that 7C uses to segment people meant that I had to be like, these are the Milwaukee Alliance, and they're kind of a little bit uniform in order for them to fit the model that 7C uses. Yes. And what Dragon's Conquer America does do is it does break down how many different indigenous groups there are in the country. And if you ask the average white person how many indigenous groups are there in Mexico, they'd be like, two? Yeah. Right and like and like that like that what? thing right that <laughs> thing is important and so I think there's this thing of how are we critiquing imperfect work versus condemning that which is a narrative of oppression that that would be my argument for the book better for it to exist than for us to be ignorant. I have like a very similar argument because we all know like the group of Mayincatec where they just like put all the indigenous people that they were like this huge civilization with Inca art and some Mayan things and some other It's all the same. <laughs> yeah, because it's obviously the same civilization, they use same art style. Yeah. And I found interesting about Dragons of America is that they actually did their research. They were like, okay, yeah, the Mayans were like this and this is their own style and we're going to respect that. The Aztecs have like these own styles. For example, in another game I'm working on, it's called Dragon Bond. We have like this civilization called the Nahuatl Coalition, 
but each of the tribes in the Nahuatl coalition is based on a different, some are based on the Aztecs, the Bonkun are based on the Mayans, or are based on the Zapotecs, and each one has their own style, their own art, even their own cultural traditions inside this Nahuatl coalition, because we need uh, like a big faction, so they're part of that. But each one has their own style, their own traditions, and I feel like Dragon Conquers America, even with the name, yeah, the name is hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that, it's like the worst name possible. But even with that, like, they managed to respect that part, it, like if individually in a different region. So the benefit of this game that you guys are in contention about is that it tells different stories. Yes. And it tells different stories from different perspectives, which I can totally get behind, but the name still sucks. Yes. yes. Name sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> this is the challenge of Latinx design. Yeah. A lot. And this goes to your, your question about how to do your culture stuff is that there is no blueprint. You're discovering mm-hmm. the thing as you do it. And what I have discovered is that, like, great, I narrowed Cartel to a place where I could tell one story. But it was only through the narrowing that I could express anything. And then if I want to do it again, I'm going to have to step back and then narrow again. And that's going to require all new thinking. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the challenge I've experienced. Uh, but just additionally, like, in addition to Dragons Conquer America, which we'll keep arguing about if I don't let us move on. Um, but there are... I, I believe that there is a worker placement game being tested here that is essentially Puerto Rico 2. And like I found that because I was going through the list looking for Latinx games. And then it's like, oh, come in and conquer Latinx peoples. And it's like, oh, yeah, that sucks. And like that exists. Like th- we have this idea here at Metatopia and in like the indie story sort of spaces that we're in this magical space that we've conquered all of the bad things and everything is good now and we would never hurt our own people. Uh, but we have like major issues even within that, that we have continuing these really negative tropes that, uh, you know, no one is going and saying, hey, let's reject that game. Uh, even though maybe someone should have. I think some of the questions from the audience sort of center around, as a white person, how do I engage, right? And I, I like that question because yeah. I really hate that. As a white person, how can I fix this? And we're like, we're not for fixing things, we're good. Like, we're experiencing our reality, we're telling our stories, we're a thing, but how do you engage? And so there's a question of, well, I don't want to represent other people's culture. I want to be engaged with it. It's for me a huge point. Good, yes, please. I would love a Puerto Rican game that got me closer to what Puerto Rico's struggle is, as opposed to further away from understanding what <laughs> So uh, the coin game, Kuma Libre, that is, is amazing for understanding the factions that exist within the human society at that moment. And what's kind of cool about this coin game, because uh, it's a very technical, counterinsurgency game that's like this tries to be historically accurate mm-hmm. is that it actually kind of doesn't have a lot of judgment about the various factions. In fact, the only faction that really comes off poorly is the mafia. Right? Like, <laughs> they seem like kind of selfish jerks, but everybody else is like, sure, they might have done it in terror acts, but that was as part of trying to free their country from what they saw as the oppressor. So it's all very complicated. Um, so I would say for white people, it's sort of like, we want you to be invited into the spaces we open up. 
So first of all, you should play them all and Cartel and Passion and Light and Shadow, and you should play them in Mexico, or you should play them in the settings that are designed for, and and do it and try it, and then ask us questions about what does or doesn't work, and then where do you go beyond that? Maybe you look for other places where you can do some design work and some some work to bring those in. Yeah. I'm really to hear from other people what their experiences are of white people engaging in this material. <laughs> That, that would be, I, I'm curious about the strategies that it works. Uh, for me, uh, kind of having the games that put race front and center was a big change for my group. Uh, I, before playing Urban Shadows, had never played a Latinx character uh, because that never was an option. So I was playing action heroes or, or elves or changelings. Did all of you play half elves like all over the time? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Half elves. <laughs> you know. Something. You know why? <laughs> you know. Dragon King for the week. Because yeah. you were in Mexico and you were in Mexico yeah. and the yeah. three of us were in America. American and American Latinx people play half elves and changelings exclusively. <laughs> and Spanish is elvish. Yeah. And you just make that and you just do it. Uh, but before then, I'd never played a Latinx character and. Having like uh, having Latino lit in there, it was like, oh, I can do that. That's allowed. And so just even having gaming spaces that open that and say to people like, guess what? This is the kind of character that you're going to play. And like having Nahual and having uh, Cartel that say, hey, you are playing Latinx characters. Uh, deal with it. Yeah, and, and I would like to add to that. Uh, I mean, when I'm I'm playing games since like the 90s, and uh, another thing that always I never like is how like the cultures from from our 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 heritage is always like depicted as the monstrous thing, yeah. like like how for example I remember when I uh, started like looking to Warhammer fantasy, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's very <laughs> cool, the knights and and and, and the and the elves and and and, and why the, the the Aztecs looks like lizard beasts and yeah <laughs> it and it's it's everywhere it's also like like the Juanti in D and D they are always like kind of like similar and 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 then with World of Darkness like the Sabbath is the, like the crazy ones are in Mexico yeah. because <laughs> yeah so the south of border so and uh, yeah that 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 you are mentioning it's. Um, I've, I've seen it with my playsets and it, with Mexicans how how they get excited about being able to play a Mexican mm -hmm. first of all like yeah and and they immediately grab it like like yeah and, and get excited and, and yeah and we are in our city and and and, mm -hmm. and everything starts to like snowballs quickly like that ability like to, to do that um. This has actually come up in a lot of the panels I've been on this afternoon, and I was in queer world, world building, and then uh, eat, drink, and be merry, more world building about like uh, slang and language and rituals and religion. Um, but it comes back to the intention of the game designer. You have a choice to go one way or another way. As the white guy or as the person who wants to put their culture forward, you have that choice to put it there from the beginning. And if you have that intent from the beginning, you can then build your world for your role-playing game or your board game or whatever with that intention. 
And I think a lot of us are, are struggling with the experiences we've had with games that we grew up on because they were built by people who didn't consider everyone else's story and didn't consider anything else. And they got their you know, history from the really poor education we have in our history books that have been edited by the people in power or our books from like the 50s. So, you know, as like I have people who come to me and tell me, you know, did you have to get your citizenship as a Puerto Rican? And I'm like, are you, are you, are you an American citizen? You, can you read English? Because obviously you cannot, you know. And the fact that, like, like, as citizens of the United States, we are so uneducated in many ways, unless we are forced to be, or we have the intent to be, is mind-boggling. But as game designers, we have an opportunity to teach people things and slide it in, and they don't realize it, which I'll be talking about that on Sunday. But it's not in all the panels. But we can, with that intention from the beginning, we can bring our experience. We can bring a desire to learn about everyone else by seeking out these people to help collaborate on the development and seeking out other people to see how you, if your story is coming through. Yeah, I would also say that, that the teaching is hard because I, I don't have any lessons as a Latinx person that are simple. So cartel's lesson is not drugs are bad, okay? Like, yeah, they're also a way of life for other people, right? And that system exists because of choices here. And then they live with those choices. So if you play the game, my hopes that you have fun. <laughs> like, you play it and you're like, whoa, that was fun. But also, like, whoa, like I'm thinking about all this other stuff now. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't ever want to be reduced to the token, well yeah, play in this Mexican setting so you learn something about Mexico. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't want it to just, you know, the, I don't want Puerto Rico 2, which we should totally make Puerto Rico, the real good game. Right? I would help you with that. <laughs> um, I don't want that to be like a boring educated game that's like, and therefore the history of Puerto Rico. But I want, I want like the way Cuba Libre does where I'm like, I want to Oh my God! What am I thinking? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm trying to free my people. Let's yeah. do this, right? Uh, I want that sense of internalizing. Uh, you talk about sneaking it in there. I always think about it as really getting people less to think with their head than to feel it in their heart. Of like, oh yeah, it wouldn't make sense that I would kill my best friend under those conditions, wouldn't it? Because it's near him. How did they get here? Like this is rough. Oh, other people might feel this too, for real, right? And then, like that, like starts to talk about cycles of violence, right? Um, and so, for me, a lot of what I'm hoping to bring to gaming is not, you know, my wise, wise Latino, whatever, but a set of experiences that are fresh and new. And I, I always think about Fast and Furious, like it's mostly just dumb car stuff, but somehow it gets this other thing because of who's in it, who's what. It's about a family. It's about family, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something about it seems fresh sometimes, in some beats, in some ways, because of the people that are involved in it. Like when The Rock flexes off a cast and gets back to work, there's probably, damn, like that's awesome, right? And, and it has this totally fresh thing that James Bond 27 doesn't necessarily have. Um, and so I want to bring that freshness and then, like you said, change people's, get that, get that other thing in there. And I'm wondering what happens with a generation of kids raised on destroying little white explorers on Spirit Island. Like, what, mm. what do they think is normal 25 years from now? That, 
that was the that was part of the point of Spirit Island too was not to say colonialism is bad. Here are sentences about it, but rather say, hey, here are the bad guys. Here they come. Here are the good guys. You want to drive them off? At some point in time, you're going to say the sentence while playing the game. We need to kill all these white men. Said it a lot. I mean, these white men are dangerous. Yeah. Who's the white man? What? You want to go to questions, Sam? Yeah, sure. Let's. Go to questions. Does anybody have any questions? I would, I would say like, a big question that I would have is when you're trying to you're trying to identify yourself in your own culture and then find a way to take that and translate it in a way that somebody else will understand while you're still struggling with it. How do you get past that barrier? Yeah, so how do you get past the barrier of trying to struggle with your own culture and your own understanding of yourself and where you come from while also communicating that to people? Uh, and I think this, this is good for both our fully Mexican <laughs> panelists and also our uh, half Latinx, half American panelists. The, 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 the half elf contingent. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just code switch out and not have to answer. <laughs> Does anyone want to jump? Yeah, you want to jump? Yeah, I'll yeah. I just don't want to, like, I don't want to, to well, run nice. things. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> okay. All right. So, you know, it's hard. It, it, I mean, the answer yeah. is it's hard because your experience, so I will talk to you directly. Your experience as a Puerto Rican is different than my experience as a Puerto Rican. So my, trying to get my story out there may not connect with you but it may connect with someone else. And it may not just connect with someone else who's half Puerto Rican or half Latinx. It may like, connect with someone else who's struggling with being seen as one thing and is actually something else. So, you know, there's no easy, there, again, there's no blueprint to do this, but you really just need to ask yourself what connects you to whatever you're developing in your world or story. And what things do you recognize when you see it in other places and then try to put those into play. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 really like really complicated, especially for, uh, at least for for me. And I, I don't I don't know Alistair too, but uh, I get that part that you say about communicating these things to the people that are not from our culture, like and especially like with my game. Because yeah, my game is about like you are on a wall and you go and hunt angels and kill them and sell them as tacos. <laughs> so and, and for I don't know it's why, so like, yeah, but <laughs> when I play tennis with Mexicans, they're like, oh cool, yeah, let's do it, and and, and that there was not more explanation needed, and and and, <laughs> and, and, and when I when I tennis here last last year and uh, I had one person like asking me directly like but why do we do that <laughs> like are, are, are we the bad people <laughs> like are, are we the bad the, <laughs> but no but but you can do it you have the power and, and if you eat them you you heal yourself and, and and it's a very good meat and so i had to like and and here mark has been helping me a lot like have, have to like I have to also like put myself in the shoes of the white people and say okay why this is weird for them or why this is uncomfortable like 
and and try to to say okay yeah um, again it's about this but it is also about like uh, fighting back or trying to find your place about struggling and surviving like and and that's a, more like a human thing not a latino thing so that's kind of like the way i found in this particular case but as, as you were mentioned there's no blueprint for this like it is like a case by case thing maybe mm -hmm. yeah uh, i had like a similar experience that people comment with like a show on the first play tests i started making and talking around here it's mainly like the magic. I, it started with that I wanted to make Mexico City as an option as a source book, and I had like to develop a system to justify it. And eventually, I found that people are interested in the system, so I like changed the narrative there. Like, yeah, here's the game, here's the system. It's a game about how much are you willing to do to accomplish your objectives, and it's using Mexico as the background. So, even if they're like for white people or for Americans, it's like, oh, it's a good game with a magic system, modern, and anything. And they get like the Mexican part extra, but it's like helping them know know about this. And for our, both, for example, for a Latin person, it will be like, oh, it's a game about Mexico. I will buy this because I want to play something in Mexico. So you have like to balance between your target market and how you're going to extend the other part to the rest of the people, so that they get like the two for one package. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's kind of like two big sections to it. One is the wire to Wakanda thing that uh, if everyone all wrote games that were The Wire, uh, Latinx people wouldn't come off looking very good. Uh, and if everyone wrote games that were Latinx Wakanda, we wouldn't be writing the full honest story of what Latinx people are. And so what you just do is you just put forward what you have. You put forward what is in you, what you are able to experience, what you are wanting to experience and show that and just trust that there is a bigger market as well that's also filling in the holes that aren't there because uh, it hasn't been it hasn't been the ex it hasn't been the responsibility of non-latinx people to like fill in all of the holes on their own uh, so and like so there's there's that and then also just like looking at the audience uh, there is always like some conflict and pushback like I, I have a very negative review online uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, But part of that was asking like hey, why is this Latinx dude writing a game so a bunch of white people can play and make fun of telenovela tropes and uh, that's not what I'm writing. I'm writing a game so that people will sit together, Latinx or otherwise, and get invested in the stories. Because the part of Latinidad that I was trying to hit was that sitting down with your family and like watching these big moments and like feeling those moments and like you come into the room, you don't really care, and then like five minutes have gone by and you're like, oh, she shouldn't be with Rodrigo. <laughs> she really shouldn't. <laughs> and then like 15 minutes go by and like you're like, like, no, you have to go to him. What's wrong with you? And like, like that's the part of the experience that I'm trying to hit. I'm not trying to go like, hey, everybody, come make fun of telenovelas. Telenovelas are delightful, I love them. Uh, and I think that's just part of it, is just showing our love for what we're doing and just kind of hoping people take us as being good actors in it, like, you know, that we're not, like, acting out of bad faith. Yeah, I think that the hardest part about it is that the work is no different than any other work 
and yet it's so much harder. Like, because you feel like you're failing twice. You're like, not only does my game suck, but I suck as a Latinx person. Like, a real, it goes back to the Latino, like, a real Latinx person would know how to do this. They would know more Spanish, they would know more stories, they would know, but that's just a, that's a lie. There's no, there's no no more. There's just you and your particular position. Um, but I, I think about it a lot with Cartel because I would love to say, Cartel is my legacy and it's perfect and I love it. And instead I'm stuck with this like, wow, I wish that it was different because I wish the reality was different. Not because I wish the game was different, but because I wish the stories I was telling were not so sad. Right? And so I recently finished the American playbook. There's only one American in the game. But two, there's two, I guess, but only one white there. And this is the name of the playbook is Aguero's The White Dude. Right? Like, there's literally a white dude playbook. White dudes come, play this game, it's your game, it's your playbook. He's the CIA agent. And in the game we were playing, there was a rat uh, who had picked the undercover cop option. And my friend was playing, and she's a queer woman. She's not like unfamiliar with oppression and marginalization. Yeah, marginalization. But she's playing the undercover Mexican cop who's trying to bust the cartel. And at one point, she, she turns to the stage and is like, I've lost my handlers. I don't know who to trust anymore. You're a CIA agent. I can trust you. And he's like, yeah, you can trust me. And he's like, great, great, cool. What are we going to do about these bad guys? What are we going to do to make this right? And the stage is like, I'm not here to make this right. I'm here to get rid of that guy and replace him with a guy more friendly to us. And I watched my friend just mentally take a you. And like in that moment, she really understood it. That moment of talking to white people where they're like, I don't care about you. I'm here for me. And you're like, wow. Right? And so it's like, I built that moment of pain. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> fine, right? <laughs> and yet, and yet, like, when I see the wire, I see us, even though we don't actually appear on screen, I see our struggle because it's the struggle of people who are locked out of the economic systems that would permit success without death, without murder, without pain. And so it's like, I gotta tell those stories. And for you, whatever story you're going towards, it's like lurching, stumbling, struggling thing know that at the end, you might not even be happy with what you discover as much as you will be complete in the journey that you are taking. And I think that's the thing that we have to work on. And I hear, I mean, all these things you're saying, all these things you're saying are like, picking in my brain is like, yes, that's why I did the work, I didn't have the words for it. And so I would say the last thing on that note is you've got to find a community to do it with. Because I was so alone before, and meeting all of you has been this like, of course, there should be an urban fantasy game in Mexico City. It's like the biggest city in the fucking world. Yeah. It's like the most urban, urban thing ever. Like, how is yeah. that already a thing? And then I think, why did I think of that? It's like, cool, well, you're all here, so now we can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think community. <laughs> I think community has been something that's really been missing in the Latinx design community. Um, I, there's a, been a bunch of really great communities that have come up around around queer game designers and around women who are game designers and all these like groups that have started to form and Latinx gamers haven't done it yet. And so that's another thing that I think we need to push forward on because there is a tendency in the hobby of pushing out Latinx gamers. Like there if you like 
look at the number of Latinx game designers there are and count the number of them that have been blacklisted from all sorts of things, even groups that we consider to be very nice groups, it's way out of proportion. And when a Latinx game designer gets into an argument with a white game designer in a public space, it does not tend to go super well for the Latinx game designer. And so I think part of that is first getting people used to seeing Latinx games, uh, getting people used to seeing the idea of, uh, of having cultural expression that isn't cut and clear and simple, uh, but also just having each other's backs uh, which is just something I don't think we like. Haven't had it in a malicious way. Just not had it in a you know disorganized way. Yeah. Anybody have any questions? Otherwise, I've got twelve minutes of smooth jazz. <laughs> <laughs> um, as designers, do you have a concern about the fact that the tools that you're using to introduce? No, that's a great question. Um, so do we think that the games that we're presenting, I just want to make sure it's for the audio, um, that the games we're presenting will exacerbate tropes that are already understood, especially as we do things like, like Cartel and like Pasión Dos Pasiones that are uh, some of the negative stereotypes that already exist? For example, when we were starting Lake and Shadow with me and my friends, that was actually one of our talking points. We were like, we don't want to make stereotypes. We are going to go completely against the type and these. For example, we have like five people in the city, and we have like, okay, normally Faye are like lawyers and stuff like that, while Faye like and Shadow, they, all the fairies, they are the cartels. Because oh, that's really cool, yeah. They did like in, yeah. they yeah. have to keep the war and stuff like that. Yeah. We were like, no, we're not going to try to keep all the stereotypes about Mexico. It's like a modern city, because it is. It's the yeah. most cyberpunk city in the Western Hemisphere. So we're going to not play by the stereotype, there's still like some characters. So there is no people with hats in Mexico and, and, and eating opales, no? It doesn't happen as often as one may think. Yeah, I, I, I haven't, I mean, I have been lucky to start with this project of mine because it's very weird. Like, <laughs> like there is no stereotypes in, in there. Like everything is upside down. Like, like the thing I was saying, and, and, it, and it, I have, like multiple comments about, but but why angels and why and and are they are they intelligent or are are, are they like like they I don't know if the the people is looking for a like uh, an excuse to don't like mm -hmm. like an excuse to be okay to kill them like yeah like if they're like little animals ah then then it's okay or or why not like. Uh, like the evil demon angels that 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 look like angels but they are evil and uh, like like they they want to fit the thing into their common like usual uh yeah. tropes that they have but they can't because i i'm like no <laughs> no that's not the case like the, here's the situation and that's why people do it like in in my in, in the particular setting is like yeah if you kill an angel and you eat the meat you will heal yourself faster like it it, it has that 
properties and 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 I was explaining to somebody to to, to a white person like and that's very important because when we have the system the healthiest system that we have it, it is like you don't want to go to a hospital like no it's crazy like if, if you can just go and eat a taco and get better of course you're gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah because going to through all the trials of waiting there like at 5 a.m. To, to, to get a, 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 an appointment and so our health system like sucks and 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 here is an, an option an, an easiest one yeah and and yet like it, it is and also like for example the, the normal tropes like okay a game of vampires I don't and and if you think about it like yeah okay it white people it's okay with going and drinking human blood but but they freak out when you go and kill angels. I mean, humans <laughs> really exist, and you can see we can see each other. Like we, we humans exist, and and I don't want to go into a theological discussion. But angels <laughs> angels are, are are kind of fictional. <laughs> oh my god! So, so uh, we're gonna fight for you when you're the next person blacklisted. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, just go get around, you're gonna... I know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that this question is one that I have really wrestled with, right? Like, I remember the moment in which I was like, yeah, I love Breaking Bad, but it's not about brown people, it's my own fucking town from Albuquerque, it's not about brown people. What if it was about brown people? I can do that. I built this whole company, I can make it because that. And then my second thought was, this is gonna make so many people mad. <laughs> and then I was like, fuck them. Like, that's, like, there's a reason once upon a time in Mexico is set around the drug war. It's like, there's a reason Rodriguez is, is it does, it's so much a part of our story. And to pretend it's not is to lie to you. But then on the other hand, I recognize right away that I could not just do that. They would take research. And you have no idea how lucky I was to be this guy who helps me understand stuff that isn't in books, but that's only that stuff people talk about on the street. And it's not my job to be factual, like it's a game, it's, it's abstracted, but to be authentic. And if you sit down and you play cartel, and you walk away, if you bring a stereotype to it, if you insist that you're gonna play a Mexican gangbanger, then I guess you can try. But the game is built to challenge you, to give you humanity, to make you a person, and then to engage in a system that is unfair to you. And if you leave from that being like, man, Mexicans are monsters, then I don't think you were there in good faith. And so, you know, it's my job to sand the edges and find ways to make the game deliver on what it delivers better. But at some level, what I need from you is to show up and give it a shot and experience the full of the system. And then we can have a conversation. Then we can talk. Before that moment, anything you have to say about the drug war is probably not really informed. And after that, you've only been informed like a tiny amount, but at least it's something where we can start to talk about it. And so, you know, the, the last thing I'll say about this, because again, Russell was at the time, we had a guy on Reddit who hosted that he had a friend who grew up with in El Paso who was actually murdered by the cartels in Mexico after the guy went back to Mexico when they were kids. And he said, I think it was Chico, was the guy's name or something yeah. like that. And he's like, yeah, me and Chico used to put the Indian together and in, in, in a real messy situation. And going back to Mexico, I killed other cartels. And cartel makes me feel weird. 
but I will tell you this. Me and Chico would have played the shit out of Cartel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Cheesy. That's how I feel. Um, I just wanted to say that as game designers, you have a choice that you can be a dick or not be a dick. Um, and I got to say that so many times today in all these panels. Uh, but it's all about your intention. Mm. Stereotypes exist by groups who want to compartmentalize and label yeah. entire groups. Yeah. So if you use stereotypes in your games, you're making a choice to be a dick. Yeah. If you, and I'm not looking at you directly, I'm just, I just happen to end in that direction. <laughs> so, um, my point is, is that when you go to play a game as a player, if you expect stereotypes or want to play stereotypes, you're playing as a dick. Mm-hmm. And me keep saying that word is making me uncomfortable, so I'm going to stop. Um, <laughs> but... Everyone has a choice. And when before I said about sneaking in, like teaching moments, yeah. it's, you know, that's what I do in my job as a teacher. <laughs> so as designers, we have an opportunity to encompass an entertainment form or a form that engages a community and also send a message. And that message is our message. Whatever, whatever thing you want to focus on, it's going to touch people in different ways. And you have that choice, and you should totally do it, and keep trying and keep doing it in different ways. And some of those messages are going to be hard, and those games and those, those forms are just as valid as the games that are super fun and happy. Like, you know, all my friends are like, why don't you want to play, like, the, like the gay rainbows game? And I'm like, because I don't feel gay rainbows. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but it's your thing. And I'm like, no. So people make assumptions. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to talk real quick because we're almost out of time. But uh, for me, the number one complaint I get about Pasión de las Pasiones is that it is based on stereotypes uh, because it is a telenovela, so it's based on tropes. Uh, and so, like, I will say that's, that's I'm going to keep getting that, and I'm going to keep on going, like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that you're, you need to use it for ill. Like, the scenario that I describe is people saying, like, oh, you made Pasión de las Pasiones, that was a bad thing, would be similar to saying, oh, you made Black Panther, and that's a bad thing, because someone could go see that movie, pause it every five minutes, and say terrible things. And, like, that's, that's not the fault of the people that made the movie. That's the fault of the jackass that went in front and paused it every five minutes and yelled horrible things. And so if you want to play my game in bad faith, haha, screw you, I got your money, uh, you were going to be a jackass anyway. Uh, and on that note, I think that's about all the time we've got. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all for coming out. I uh, really appreciate it. It's so nice to have this. Thank you. And I think we're going to go get some Latinx food. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are okay. Awesome. I think I'm going to have to put it out again.